Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And just like that, week one of the finals is gone. And my lord, a couple of blowouts, a couple yeah. of fast starts. Yeah, a couple of blowouts. One absolute ripper game on Friday night, bit of a mixed bag, but overall, good weekend of football. It was a good weekend, yeah. Most points scored in a semi-final series, I think, ever in week one, or at least since, I think, 2005, they said, was the most ever, and this week surpassed it. So I guess that's a nod to the new rules, but also a nod to you know the attacking style of footy that we're seeing at the moment. Yep, I think things definitely lifted a notch of intensity or, again, like you said, the quality of some of the tries. And uh, I know it was a bit of a theme across the weekend. You heard a few people speak about defences being poor. I just think, again, not so much defences being poor, but the ball in play, speed of the game, and you get punished for your mistakes and things coming up, that little bit of an extra notch that really shone through in the weekend's football, that's for sure. Yeah, it did. But jumping into it straight away, set of six for this weekend. Six topics, opinions, anything we want to talk about, Brock, number one is just that I think the rule changes during the season for a lot of people really showed the difference between the best and worst teams. But in all four games on the weekend, the favourite came out on top. The underdog came out first and got on top, but just shows, again, the gulf with these rules between the best and the worst and that when you lose control of the game or you lose the momentum, you can really, really go on with and put a score on. Yeah, especially with more ball in play. More ball in play, more time of game means that more often than not you're going to have the better team win. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what else that we really need to cover on this. It's quite clear that the new rules have um, opened up, I think, a huge difference between the top six and the, and the rest, and that was proof on the weekend. I think, you know, Cronulla came out and punched Canberra in the mouth early on and probably played some of the best footy they've played all year. Uh, and Newcastle came out of the blocks fairly quick as well um, against uh, against the Bunnies, but neither were able to maintain it. So, no. um, And again, once the errors crept in or the momentum yeah. and, shift And happened. the top four games, you know, Parramatta, I think everyone expected Parramatta to get the floor wiped, but, um, you know, they, they threw plenty at Melbourne. And, you know, the Roosters, everyone had counted them out, and, you know, they were, they were a point away from causing a major upset. So... It was a great weekend of footy. Mm. And I think I'd point to, again, a lot of people are saying, oh, it was poor defence. I don't think you can put it all down to now, just poor defence. That's we part had, of it. Yeah, but when we had the slow, the rucks and the set plays, yes, you have to break teams down, but with less fatigue, less decision-making, speed of the game, the shape's like we've broken down rucks more. We've sped up the speed of the game. We've introduced more fatigue. There is going to be more poor decisions, but I also just think there was some really good attack. There was a couple of tries in the weekend or some plays that were just you know, really good football. And I think, would you rather that, or do you want to go back to the set pieces, the slow play, the balls, more of the wrestle? Like, 
we can't have our cake and eat it. But I was just surprised there was a fair bit of talk about that, just saying there's a lot of bad defence. I'm like, well, it is harder to defend under this new system because mm. you are on the back foot more often. You do get punished in the ruck if you want to lay in there. You will defend extra tackles with the set restarts. Like it's in pushing it in that direction. But I think it just probably points more to the fact of, of all the things, not just the discipline. I think errors are the biggest thing that kill you now. The set restarts hurt. Defense is important, all those things, but making poor errors, handing over cheap possession on the back. Yeah, well, but errors aren't all equal. And, you know, you can look at an error count and go, oh, well, a team made, you know, six errors, another team made ten. But it, it, a lot of it depends on where and when you make the error. Mm. So they're, they're not all equal. But, yes, as a, I guess, a broad statement, yeah, like errors, errors have a major impact. Yeah. Tackle two. The two charges to come from the weekend. A uh, bit of debate between a lot of people. About Kikau's charge and Smith's tackle also, both meeting the criteria apparently for a dangerous throw. Your thoughts on both and if you deserve to miss a game of football? I, I, th- I honestly think both are not worth a suspension. If we're going to go to a point where we say anything above horizontal is a fine, okay. I think Smith's one in particular was a bit of a joke. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I think Kikau's yeah. one as well. There are so many contributing factors to that that are outside his control. Uh, if it was a one-on-one tackle where he has initiated the lift and the drive uh, and the position that the player's got himself into, I'd have no problem with it. But I I have a, a massive problem with the fact that the position that the player got in into was just as much uh, contributed by the player and the defender. Yeah, he's already trying to find his front and go down when he got the and leg. And that's the world we live in. Like, that... I think Every the, player's trying to do that. Yeah. The one dangerous part that I think kick-out played, though, is he did get one of the hands between the legs. So when you start to head in that area, you are asking for a bit of trouble. The other one, I was pretty dumbfounded by, and, and again, been a storm fan. Did, did kick-out get done because he had carryovers from the other charges? If he would have had no carryover, like Smith, I think it was the same charge, he would have got off. Smith and Melbourne just took the early guilty play, didn't bother. Because otherwise, you yeah, but that, that's okay now. But what happens if he gets charged with yeah, something next? Well, that's my point. Yeah. My next point was going to be, and we've spoke about this before on the show. I hate carryover points because if you're somebody who gets charged once at the start of the season, I don't think you deserve to have seventy-five points sitting around for the whole whole year. Mm. There has to be some system we come up with, like demerits, where it comes off after a certain amount of games or an amount is taken off. If you're a repeat offender, which unfortunately for Kickout. He had a couple of charges this year, and the one that's really cost in the end here is that late hit on Trindle the other week, which was unnecessary, Yeah, and put him in the position where they went and fought it for the week because it made no difference. But he still has 80 carryovers now, so that'll get him at another stage the next time he gets charged. But for someone like Smith, if this is the first time you've been charged all year, you take the early guilty plea, sure. But if I'm <clears> someone who's been charged 12 weeks ago, and those points are the reason I'm going to miss a preliminary final, I'm filthy. Yeah. I don't understand how we don't have something like five points a week come off. If that's the case and you've gone, you know, 12 weeks, that's 60 points off. If you take the early guilty plea next time and it's 75 points and you've got 20 left or something like that, well, you still get to play. But then there needs to be something better. There's got to be something better because if they're just going to sit around for the whole year, you know, you're waiting. The next time you cop any suspension of any description, you're out. I just don't think for these games in particular that should be the case. If you're a repeat offender, like I said again, it's going to catch you one way or another anyway. Yeah. You're never going to get rid of your demerit points. But if you get one small thing once a year, and we spoke about this before, whether it be a slip of the arm or a bit of a lift or an incident 
it's rugby league. It's a fast game. It's a contact sport. No one's perfect. There's going to be some point in your career, most likely, where you cop some sort of minor charge. But to think a tackle like the one from the weekend in particular, miss one, like if that's enough to miss a prelim final, excuse my French, but fucking kidding ourselves. Yeah. Honestly. I agree. Ridiculous. Kikiaus won again, like I said. I don't, <clears> definitely don't think it was... I think it was worse than Smith's, but I don't think it was bad enough to miss a prelim. But again, carryover points, the multiple charges have come at the bottom of the arse, which is an unfortunate part of the system. How long ago was that Trindle one from memory? Was that like four or five weeks ago? So if you go off that system I'm talking about and he lost, say, five or six weeks worth of points at minus five a week, he probably still ends up getting charged, unfortunately, with carryover points mm. from being charged multiple times. But the main point, again... I thought both were, you know, pretty average to missing a prelim final four. But or again, just addressing the carryover points, something has got to give there. That's not good enough moving forward. That that just sits around for a whole year, and the next time you cop one, hey presto, you're not playing a preliminary final. That's ridiculous. Agree. Tackle three: the injuries from the weekend and how they affect some of the teams that are playing on South Sydney. Obviously. Got through pretty unscathed, but there was a few niggles again. We've seen Cook go down a few times uh, to the back end of the year. I don't know if he's got an ankle problem or what it is. Cody Walker, very similar. Last few weeks has dropped to the deck. Um, it looks like they're going to get through pretty unscathed, and obviously they skated to that game quite easily. So it doesn't look like there's going to be any issues as far as they're concerned. But I guess Parramatta and Melbourne. Uh, sorry, not Parramatta. Melbourne, again, getting the week off, but in a different state there with Munster. Looks like a third time he's injured that knee if he misses a preliminary final your thoughts on the Melbourne Storm's chances of beating the Raiders or the Roosters I don't know um, they're going to go to war which is obviously a benefit of Melbourne we've seen Melbourne, Melbourne a week off. beat the Roosters without Smith and Munster early in the year but in a finals game without you it's know, going to be made significantly more difficult and that's about all we can say I, I can't tell you whether one player is going to be the difference between Melbourne winning or losing yeah. I, I think it's it's a little bit of a, a silly argument I you know, when we're going to go back and forth on for the next fourteen days about whether he's going to play or he won't play or how's his ankle like, we do, it happens in every prelim. There's a, someone that gets suspended, someone um, that's up for a charge, someone who's injured, and the news cycle just runs off it. So, I was better say that before. It's almost like some of those average charges, yeah, just pop up magically around finals time. I so the media do. can drop a bit of a story, but uh, if he doesn't play. I think it's a big thing in the sense of how they like to play their football. They are very structured. He does bring a point of difference to their attack. I think him and Pappenhausen are, you know, the two sort of guys that kind of break out of that structure and create something off their own back. But he is an important part for the side. I don't think it's been his best year all round. I guess he has been in and out of the side. But he does make a hell of a difference in attack, that's for sure. Yeah. And he's part of that vital left edge. So the fact they've got the prelim and at least time to recover is a huge plus. You go to Parramatta... You have a hard weekend. You haven't been in the best of form. Brown, I thought, was okay coming back very early from that injury, but you could tell with you know his involvement and his all-around game that I, I still don't think he's 100%. I don't know if he'll be right up to scratch this week, but he'll surely have some confidence having got through that game. But to lose Sevo and potentially Ferguson, in particular, I guess, Ferguson from the yardage side of things is a big, big point of difference uh, for them. And Sevo... We've criticised before that his yardage work's probably not the best, but he's still, you know, someone you want to have in year 17. Yeah. So I think those two for them uh, are pretty big losses and just confidence-wise coming in, losing that game of football, having some dramas coming into this week up against the South Sydney side that's pretty much skated through. Do you think Parramatta are potentially looking to go bang-bang out the back door? Well, they're not in a good position because 
not only have they lost, they're playing a team that's hot and they've got injuries. Mm. So, of course, they're in the, the chance of, of going out the back door there. I think outsiders as well in the betting market this week. So, mm-hmm. But only they're going to decide how this week pans out. I, I've seen enough of South. I've seen enough bad football from South. I've seen some really, really good football from South. You know, it's only a month ago, isn't it, or six weeks ago, that South beat Parable 40. So, I don't know. I really don't know. Parramatta have been on the on the rails for a little while and South have been on a run for a little while, probably since that match, to be fair. That was the that was really the, the whack for um, Parramatta. And they whacked Manly, they whacked Para. Yeah. The Bulldogs result was obviously a blip on the radar after they destroyed the Roosters the week later. Um, speaking of probably the other two that are left over, the Roosters pretty much got through that match. Steady, Boyd Cordner got through healthy. Everyone, probably besides Satili Tupanua with his melon getting sliced open, that was pretty vicious. But he's available to go this weekend. Freddie Lussick, I saw, wasn't even named in their 21. I think that's got more to do with what we spoke about uh, when we were there on the weekend. Like It's a kid that's come straight from flag football, had no other games this year. They've lost multiple hookers. They've got a big hole there, and he had a huge role to play on the weekend. He was gassed. He was very, very burnt out. Um, I think more so they're probably just looking going. It's a huge game. We can't put him through that two weeks in a row. He's barely an adult yet. Like He's 18, 19. I guess he is an adult, but he's not conditioned to play 20s football yet, let alone New South Wales Cup level and then NRL week to week and the intensity of the finals. He did his job. It was admirable on the weekend, but we were there at the ground watching him that last five minutes of the half. He could barely, barely, barely carry himself. Yeah. So they've left him From out. From probably minute 33 up until yeah, 10. Yeah, half-time. He was... 10 or 15 into the second half when they actually ended up replacing him. He was running on empty. Yeah, 100%. So they've got Lamb in the extended squad there. They used Orbison off the bench. He's not a specialist nine, but can plug that hole. And you'd assume that if Lussick hasn't been named at all, friend's an absolute guarantee Yeah. this week. So uh, I guess the only question for them is, do they reshuffle the bench like they did last week? Sonny Bill's been brought back into the 17. Butch has been pushed out. There's a couple other guys there. There's some options. Um, I guess for them, it's just more all-around. Do they have the energy as a whole? Not so much injuries to get the job done. But uh, if you look at it, all the teams, I think Parramatta is probably the one hardest hit confidence-wise and on the field. And then Melbourne, like you said, there's that question mark for two weeks' time if they do face a full-strength Canberra side or a confident Canberra side or a Rooster side that bounces back and gets through if Munster does end up playing. Yeah. So never good to get injuries in those situations, but... You know, we'll have to wait and see what pans out there. Tackle four, the Roosters. A lot of people instantly jumped off and said, you can't undo history, the 50-point margin. And now on the weekend, they're all saying that Penrith are the bigger contributing factor uh, in that game to letting the Roosters back in and that they've thrown their best punch. Do you believe that's the case? No. It's ridiculous. I'm with you on that one, and I was very surprised. The they, they, had a, they had a nap for a little bit there. Mm. But people were banging the drum all year yeah. that this is the unbeatable side, and then after one bad game, and they lost the final by a field goal that suddenly, you know. Oh, do I think the Roosters have thrown their best punch? Mm. Oh, I think, think they probably done? have. I don't, I don't know whether they're done, but I, I think they they look tired. They look like they're struggling. They, they need friend back. Uh they need Flanagan playing better footy. Yeah, most definitely. And, I think multiple guys. You know, they, they need probably need someone like Sonny Bill off the bench to give him a bit more punch. I think the other thing, it was very obvious the other night, not having the specialist nine. Like I said, Lussick did a good job. He did his job. But across the 80 minutes, you need a specialist hooker and you need someone off the interchange 
that if they're not a specialist hooker, can at least cover that role and bring some point of difference. Between Orbison and, and Lusick, uh, they definitely didn't get enough out of dummy half. And you see the hole that's been left by Radley and Verrill's not been available and Friend been in and out of the side all year. Yeah. So that makes me lean towards this weekend. I know Orbison's had a hell of a career. He's broke that record. He's been a fantastic player. With the worry about Friend and the potential that if he gets injured or can't play, that Orbison would fill in there for the whole game, I couldn't do it. I'd have to go with Liam. Yeah. Liam has to be on the bench. And I know, again, he's not a full-time nine, but he's at least got some bounce in his legs. He can jump out. He can manipulate the ruck. He's at least a bit of a natural running sort of player that even though he's played predominantly halves, I think he could do a much better job coming out of there. But I think it really highlighted on the weekend being at the ground the difference between having a specialist nine across 80 minutes, whether you're using two, the one, the combination of Friend and Verrills, Radley. There's a huge difference when you don't have specialist nines playing. Yeah. And Flanagan, like you said, 100%. His best game was against the Raiders when it was asked of him uh, a few weeks ago when Kira was busted. And I thought he played a really, really good game on the weekend. He just kind of got lost. Um, he kicked well. He's goal-kicking as always. But other than that, they targeted him in defense. They went after him. I didn't see him much on the ball. Everything was heaped on Kiri, who tried to make a lot happen. But again, probably a lot of sweet plays and touches and things that started to get a little bit predictable. Uh, Flanagan certainly needs to offer a bit more in this final series. Yeah, absolutely. So, but again, best punch, I'm not so sure, but like for people to write them off so lightly and say it, it's definitely done, I'm not convinced of that. I do think if they do get back to the grand final now, it's going to be very, very hard to win. I, do, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but if you sat me point blank right now and say, all right, they get back through to the grand final by playing the Raiders and the Storm, do they win the grand final? I'd say no. I think the path they've been set on now on that side of the draw is going to be extremely hard for the Roosters with the game they've had week one, yep. even if they do get there to win that grand final. If Panthers lob up fresh, for example, win that game against South or Parramatta and meet them again with the confidence of beating them twice this year, healthy and full strength, I definitely lean towards the Panthers. Yeah, um, It's an extremely loaded side of the draw, you would say now, with Storm, Roosters, Raiders. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt about it. On that... Tackle five, the Raiders. Do you buy into their chances of being the first team to win it from outside the top four? That's the big narrative again for a lot of people. A lot no, of people. I don't. They were ordinary mm-hmm. on, on the weekend. Cronulla were just... We knew Cronulla were sort of cannon fodder, didn't we? So let, let's, see what the, let's see what the Raiders do this weekend. Because realistically, the Raiders are probably going to have to go through three top four sides in a row. Well, they're definitely going to have to go through two top four sides to make the grand final, and you think more than likely Penrith are going to be favourites regardless of who they play. Who they play. Uh, so you're going to need to, to beat three top four sides. It, it, like, I, I, how would I know? I, I got no idea, but I I can't see the Raiders' form lining up against a Melbourne, a Penrith, Roosters maybe. Uh, you know they've beaten the Roosters once and lost to the Roosters once this season, so uh, their form is there. That they've proven that they can do it at the SCG as well. So that's something that they're going to take into this game. They've got revenge on their mind, I guess, out of last year's grand final. So there's a lot in their favour. But you know, all this we have this talk every year. I, I probably think South are more of a chance of winning the grand final yeah, than where they've the Raiders. I, 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 don't, I don't know, I, but I, I think it's highly doubtful that either win the grand final. Mm. And you finish fifth and finish sixth for a reason. Yep, fair enough. And that was the last one I've got here for tackle six, South Sydney. 
we obviously, for the most part of the year, start of the year, before the rule changes, I had them seventh or eighth. I think the fullback, uh, the forward pack was good enough. I thought one to seven, they were very, very good. You had them originally winning the comp, but after the rule changes and the COVID break, different uh, opinion there. They've developed very, very late. They've got the whip cracking at the right time. I guess the Roosters result shocked a lot of people and they've strung together some good football for five or six weeks bar that Bulldogs game. But with how everything's played out now, getting into the finals, a bit more developed in the forward pack and things probably suiting their style of play more with the rule changes. And as we said last week, probably better off finishing where they did uh, to get the games they're going to get. And now this week they get an eel side that they've already towed up once who have a couple of injuries. Do you think they're a genuine dark horse? Do you think there is any chance that we could see them go through, knock off the Panthers, and then potentially knock off, say, the Storm, Roosters, or Raiders to win this comp in a similar fashion? No, I think they're, again, highly unlikely to win it. I think they could definitely make the grand final. They're going to run into Penrith. Uh, Parramatta, uh, yeah, Parramatta this week, who are riddled with injuries. Then they're going to run into Penrith without Kikau. Again, Penrith, all the pressure will be on Penrith in that game. Well, it will be now, yes. They've been out. To a lot of people, like we spoke about before, that prelim, everyone's talking about, can they win the grand final? Can they do this and that? They've all played those sorts of games. They've played junior rep football. More than half the side, again, it's kind of been an unknown narrative or part that hasn't been touched on. Between Tarmow, Arpi Coruscant has played in the grand final, Clear has played Origin, Mantle's played in the Nationals. More than half that team's already played finals or some sort of high-level football. And all the younger guys have played rep grand finals or junior rep football, etc., the bigger test, I think we spoke about it before, was winning that first game, I think. Yeah. To prove to themselves that they are the real deal. My concern was playing from the behind. Media. And they ticked they two boxes. That. They yeah. played from behind and they quieted the media down that they could win a game when everyone was saying, oh, they've won 15 in a row, but they haven't beaten anyone. Well, I beg to differ. Mm. They had beaten what was in front of them. That's all you can do. They'd already beaten the Roosters again pre-COVID. I get that, but they won on the weekend. They beat the Melbourne Storm in that run. I don't, they don't make the draw. So I think for them, that was the biggest tick. That was the game they needed to really win. And I think they've proved it to themselves right now. Yeah. So uh, I think out of Souths and Raiders, similar to you, I think Souths are more likely with the side of the draw they've landed on and if things all went to plan. But again, a grand final, if it's Storm or the Roosters, etc., they've clearly proved they can win it against uh, the Roosters or if they got the Raiders, etc. But... I just still find it really hard for four weeks to stay up, avoid injuries, anyone being flat or anyone being down and coming from that side of the draw. But if anyone could do it and if there was ever a year it's going to happen, this year's been a strange old year. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's one hell of a weird season, but there you go. There's a set of six to kick things off and that is brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Uh, great time of year to get on board. Had a look yesterday at the solar at home. Got it cranking with the watts it was pumping out. Had the washer... The dryer cranking at the same time as the ducted aircon and the pool pump. She was pumping out almost 7,000 watts. Wow. Which is a good time. Freebies during the day. Put more back into the system than I was putting out. So, great way to help your family in your back pocket. Get on board. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing worse than seeing your team cop the wooden spoon this season. So, stop that. Don't get slapped with a rising power bill. Give them a call. Penrith Solar Centre. They're Western Sydney's leading solar specialist. They help local families take control of their bills. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Call the Penrith Solar Centre today on 1800 20 29 30 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season when it comes to your power bills or the website www.penrithsolar.com.au. Let's review these finals games, Box. Panthers, Roosters, as you've said, 29 
28. Uh, what a game. What an awesome game to go to. We've had some, you know, little tastes, I guess, with lesser crowds or very, very low capacity, um, some opportunities, but this is the first time at 50%. And obviously, our local, Penrith Stadium. And, well, I, I can only imagine, and I kind of want to reflect back on it, I was only 13, I think, at the time when they won the comp last time, and that stadium was rocking. I could only imagine. <clears throat> yeah, I went somehow... to a few massive games there. Yeah. I was there the day Ben Ross punched a piss out of, uh, got his head punched in by Talos. Uh, I was there for some ding dong battles when, you know, Penrith were flying and the Roosters were flying, the dogs. Because uh, I was, what was I? I was. Didn't you go? Uh, 17. I was 17 when. Penrith won the comp last time. Did so. you go to that final when the Dragons then played and they yep. kept the field goal? Yep. Yep. That was a f- that was the qualifying final, week one final in 04. That's yep. the year they lost the comp. They lost they the win prelim the to the, the Dogs, didn't they? Yep. And the Dogs went on to win it. Um, I remember the crowds though at that time. And I, again, this year, really disappointed because why I live here, I'm not exactly a Penrith fan, but going to Penrith Stadium when they're doing well, is awesome. Um, and I know it was only 50%, but it was rocking the other night. It was awesome. Considering it was only 7,500, because I guess, like we said, maximum capacity is 25,000, but you have to be seated. So that takes away the standing room on the hills and all the other kind of spots they'd usually get people into. But uh, the crowd was awesome. The game was outstanding. Penrith, they got punched in the mouth to start with. They didn't help themselves, though, in all honesty. Two set restarts instantly coming out of yardage to help the Roosters roll downfield. They're obviously looking for a positive response compared to the week before, and they got it straight away. A couple of quick play the balls, jump down to short side, which we know they do very, very well, and Morris kind of just got Brett Nading caught in field. Not long after, getting a bit of a confidence booster. Penrith did the exact same thing that we talked about again live, which was disappointing. Go a couple of plays and try to take control of that play the ball, but give away a set restart. Yeah. The Roosters marched downfield again. Crichton ran an absolute corker of a line, and kick out Luai, etc. did very, very well to stop him from getting in, but on the ensuing play of the ball, he isolated Luai. Freddie Lussick pushed himself in, and it didn't look live where we could see where the ball was on the ground. But we were right in front of it. It was a rubbish yeah, ball. From watching it on replay, though, I think he flattened himself out, and I definitely think it got on the ground. But as far as the ref saying he could guarantee that was a try, then the decision going with the benefit um, of the attacking team. I don't know where he saw the ball on the ground, but I do think it was a try. That's a 10-zip. That question was asked right there. Penrith have led all their games, they've dominated all their games, could they play from behind? And I think they certainly answered that in spades. Yeah. Yeah, look, and then they uh, Flanagan missed that kick as well, which I think was quite crucial. It was a very kickable goal. Um, but yeah, it was all roosters early, but Penrith stabled. And look, overall, Penrith let the roosters out of their own end far too often during this match. And I tend to think if Penrith were disciplined and didn't give away a lot of those set restarts and piggyback penalties out of their own end, that the scoreline would have been, you know, significantly swayed in Penrith's favour. Well, they did the most important thing. They responded. I think Morris looked like he got a good ball. They dragged him out. The team got together straight away at 10-0. No worries there. And then they basically just took control. I thought their forward pack was really, really good. They've done what they've done all year. They have great link play in the middle. Play with good width. Coruscant controls the ruck. Isaiah Yo, good link play. Fisher-Harris, Tamiya, everyone kind of did their job there. And I guess no surprises that that hot left edge, as we said, we knew where both teams were going to go. 
As far as the Roosters are concerned, they were going to try and isolate that space between Kikau and Luai. They've showed at times they can get disconnected, or if you isolate Luai, he's not exactly the best defender. Um, and then on the flip side of that, said it before, a lot of people were saying that Manu would solve all the problems, but Manu's probably been the weakest defender this year for the Roosters. He's come up with some bad decisions between him, Flanagan, another guy you can isolate, and Penner certainly took <clears> advantage <throat> of that side of the field as well. Yeah, look, and the fact that the Roosters have conceded 28 points, 29 points, 60 points a week before... That's where their issues lay. That is not a, a Roosters or, a, you know, the Roosters that we've seen over the last two years or even throughout the successful, you know, period, which is the majority of the time that Trent Robbins has been their coach. Their defensive record has been second to none, but their defence has fallen off a cliff. So if they can right that ship, that's when you'll see them return to, you know, their best attacking form. Mm. But th- that's, that's not the Roosters. Like, it was 22 points at half-time. No, and also the the role of points they got on. Like that first one, I watched the replay and a lot of them were blaming Morris for not trusting Manu and coming in. I thought Manu was too tight to Flanagan. They were man on. The fact that he was so tight was the only reason Kickout kind of got the edge and got to go around him, which made Morris want to come in. Yeah, but I mean, like, you, like you're splitting hairs. I know you're splitting hairs, but like that again is a mistake they generally don't make. He was sitting in the pocket of his yeah. half. They score a very easy try. Uh, you know, on the back of that, they hammered Lussick, got an error, almost got a free try out of that situation. You know, I think a penalty from Jared Rhea Hargraves, they just kept the pressure on when he chinned Edwards. Field position, possession just kind of turned into points. Martin dumps that ball out the back. That one was, again, just something you don't associate with the Roosters. They're usually so good at tying in and tightening up their line, but when that ball came out and Edwards tipped it back in field, Nath had a clear run of the line. The middles haven't come across. It's the easiest try you're going to score. Yeah. The one after that, um, I was put down to wanting the ball more and I thought Nathan did exceptionally well to score that third try oh, that second try sorry off the kick from Luai it's played five there's no real space he's put a kick at the posts and he's got Tedesco all over it Tedesco was in the right position he couldn't have been anywhere closer he gets hit by Tedesco and the post and somehow still gets that ball and scores um, when that one went there and they were rolling red hot you just thought wow the confidence is there. They're rolling upfield. They're moving the point of attack, challenging their middles. They're attacking both the halves. They absolutely gassed Lussick like we thought they would. As we said, that last five or so minutes before halftime, he couldn't pick himself up. No. Any tackle he got involved with, good on him. He, he was busting his ass. He was finishing tackles off. He was still working, but he absolutely had nothing, and I mean nothing, left in the tank at that point in time. But the last one, the nail in the coffin on halftime, which really, for most people, probably thought... Uh, that the Roosters were in big trouble was just that simple drift across field from Luai. Showed the ball twice and the inside players kind of just disconnected. Satilli doesn't tie in. Flanagan turns out and Crichton goes through a gaping hole, tips it back into Nathan and it's 22-10 suddenly after being down 10-0 and they answered in spades that they can chase teams down. They have the quality um, and they're a hell of a football side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Um made for a good finish for us live because oh. the game sort of looked like it was going to fizzle out but I think it was much Penrith as, as it was the Roosters but you know that's that's like saying uh, you know the 10-0 was as much Penrith as it was the Roosters because it was they yeah. both teams contribute so yeah. no it was just a great game of footy great game to be at uh, look I was probably I was calling for Penrith to ice the game a lot earlier than what they did with a field goal they had a few chances I think with about 11 to go and then again with about 8 to go they had they had some chances but didn't nail that field goal until, what was it, three minutes to go or four minutes to go. So well, they had a chance. They left um, it a little bit late. 
they're a little bit disorganised. So that that's something I think they're going to look at as well because you're going to run into games where you may only get that one chance mm. and you've got to nail it when you get it. Um, or at least make sure that if you're not getting a field goal, you're getting a repeat set. Well, the second half was even weird because, again, the start off is that error from Manu. They pick the ball up, May, quick hands out to Crichton. They're all drifting sideways. He cuts through and scores. I thought that was kind of the turning point for me there. At 28-10, when the kind of mini brouhaha started where Luai throws Flanagan down and kind of rubs his leg across the head and they kind of give a bit of a push and shove and let the Roosters know who they are. I'm all for, like, you know, wanting to make a bit of a statement, but if I'm, you know, Ivan at that point in time, I don't know the fans, a lot of people probably like it, I didn't want to poke it there. Um, probably a little bit of overconfidence. Again, like you said, was it more Penrith stopping playing or the Roosters starting to play? They certainly gave him a scare after that. They did come back for him. They found a couple of tries, and it was, again, that space between kick-out Luai. The Tedesco try, just really simple. Two guys standing flat, bounces off one, drags him in. Um, yes, I'll just open a can. Yeah, nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Late in the piece. And it's not a Scooby. Another problem they had was kick defusal. Toto, he dropped a couple. Mansell's another one you can isolate. Edwards, but I think that's one thing that definitely needs to be fixed. Absolutely. For Penrith in particular, Toto didn't have the greatest night. The ball is missed by Naden, missed by Edwards. Bounces off Corden as a bounce, and they get a freebie. And then late in the piece again after the field goal, Brett Naden, bit of a brain snap uh, there. Tried to hit that ball at a squealing miles an hour, which yep. is all well and good if it travels, but just didn't need to touch it. And Crichton again, same space, straight at Luai, kick out, scores a try. Um, last set, they make a bit of a line break. They get up near halfway, and Kiri at least gets to have a crack at the field goal, but I think we've been saying this all year for me. I still don't think the, uh, the Panthers have played 80 minutes. No, I don't think And that's, so that's the scariest part. They've beaten everybody along the way. Um, and I don't really think they've played probably more than 40 or 50. I think if they can string probably closer to 65, 70 minutes together in a game, they could blow just about anyone off the park. But, yeah, look at it whichever way you want. I think the Panthers certainly proved the point. Uh, they were outstanding. They controlled things, thought the pack was good. Definitely need to work on some of that kick defusal stuff, and in particular with the two weeks, that left edge. Capewell's going to be there. It's a bit different, but Luai... I think he basically said as much after the game why he was outstanding in attack and contributed to a lot of the tries. His defence needs to be better. Um, that edge is where everyone's going to go. That's the one spot I think that's glaring for the Panthers as well as the kick defusal. And they're in discipline. They lost the penalty count 7-4. They gave away those set restarts and they basically gifted the Roosters that early possession of territory to come attack them. Yeah. On the Roosters side of things, I think the disappointing thing was that some of the senior players were some of their worst players. He had Jared back on only at the end for a short time. He didn't have his best night and then he Pulled him off to get Collins back on, who had a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, you know, Flanagan, I know he's not a senior he's not a senior player, but he's been there for the whole year now. He's playing with quality players around him. He needs to do better. Um, the, the, the hole that the nine left, like we said, the specialist nine was massive. But I will say they at least responded. Um, when it needed to happen, Crichton was outstanding. Kiri got involved, got his hands on the ball, set up a couple of those tries to Desco. But there's a lot of guys next week. In particular, I don't think Tokiara has been playing his best. Jared... Joseph Manu got absolutely bathed on the night. Had a terrible night defensively. Barely touched the football. There's a lot of those guys that need to step up next week, and I think they will. Mm-hmm. So, massive tick for Penrith. Kikia, while we're on the air, has been suspended. Uh, honestly, it is a big loss what he brings in attack. But I think the team is so good, and they've proved this year with him being suspended a couple of times they can roll on. Kate Wall's a quality footballer. I think that's one is one of the most underrated underrated signings in the off season. And I know he missed a long 
kind of stint there, but in the last few weeks, even after the injury, he's been great. And I think he'll do more than an adequate enough job. Oh, definitely yeah. affects their left edge. But you as, lose as a international, whole, you get an origin player. Yeah, as a whole, I definitely think they're good enough to swap him in and win that game, whether it's at the Eels or South. Yeah. Um, Liam Martin as well, another good game from him. So there's Pen- a lot Pen- of strength is in their depth. 100 percent. Like you can all those names. A lot of guys that are going to be in the mix for rep football moving forward. And like Yo, for the last few years, anyone that's listened to this has listened to me kind of say he's not an edge back up. He's a lock. I just yeah. think he wasn't damaging enough on the edge. He's not dynamic enough. Since moving to 13 right now, throw it out there. I know a lot of people love Jake Trebojevic. I'd pick Yo before Trebojevic on form and style of football right now. Yeah. Like he's honestly been that good as a 13. If he's not in the origin squad at least, I know he's not going to get that run over Jake, but if you want to go off form, he's been better. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of good stuff for the Panthers and chance to rest up for a week. Look out who they're going to be playing and, like I said, fix those few things up for the Roosters. It's on again next week. And uh, it's going to be a good game. We'll have a bit of a look at that later on for a preview. Who we got? Raiders, Sharks. Honestly, average game for football. Average game. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, Canberra, I don't think you could play worse in a finals game and still win that well. Mm. Like Honestly, they, they got punched in the mouth early. They didn't look like they were awake. Everyone kept going about, well, you know, they won the week before with, you know, half their side missing or the full side missing. Like, that doesn't matter. Different players. It's a finals game. You would have expected them to start a lot better. They looked a bit shell-shocked. Went to Pine, crashed over that very, very soft trial they got to the middle. I thought, okay, they'll shake that off, but they didn't. They kind of continued. Shake it off. Poor errors. Getting rattled down the other end of the field. The first try where Connor Tracy just skips across three or four blokes was awful defence. Absolute garbage. But one of them jumped in, one of them stayed out. No, they were the all Raiders, over the place. The Raiders were terrible. They were tackling with their hands. Then Elliot Whitehead, who had a Barry Crocker, he made four or five errors in the night, drops one cold for Braley, which in turn, I think, ended their game right there. Because when yeah. Braley busts his ankle, he's probably one of their most steady players. Um, that was a huge blow. And then the substitute for him, Sorensen, wasn't in much better nick too long after. Andrew Fafita, the whole year, has been playing on one leg. You can tell that he's cooked. Yeah. Um, and things, yeah, he's lost that lateral movement. Oh, it's gone. It's most definitely gone. But things just kind of turn on a dime. When George Williams took that intercept, when Wade Graham was going on that short side raid, I'm thinking that's a godsend for you guys right now. That's a yeah. freebie. And then it just all spiraled out of control. Second half, you know, rake ball. Jack picks it up. That quick tap penalty. I know a lot of people are blind up about the challenge, but with, technically within the rules, it's been clarified, obviously. You couldn't challenge it. I think the bigger thing that pisses a lot of people off I have no problem with a quick tap, but it is true. During the year, how many quick taps have you seen? I don't feel sorry well, either way. You should know the rule. It should happen more often, but... but you like, should know the rule. It's a discretionary you penalty. Don't very that, often. that was one of the main things that was communicated to both fans, players, everyone. Yeah. Was that discretionary penalties are not um, able, to be, able to be challenged. It, it just looked like to me that Wade Graham was trying to slow the game down. 100%. And he had his pants pulled down. Either that or he doesn't know the rules and he should. So... I don't want to hear any of the moaning from Cronulla fans in in that instance. You've you've got to be better there. You've got to be alert. And it's not just on Wade Graham. What about the defenders that just allowed Jack White to stroll through and score? Yeah, oh, it was terrible. They all had their backs turned because they were too busy. Um, and then from there, it just kind of unraveled. And it, again, it wasn't exactly the greatest tries in the world. The George Williams one, I was more impressed with Jack White's effort to snatch that out of the air. It wasn't a greatly constructed try. It's a bit of a random chip kick to that. Kind of back row of that dead space there where you don't have a jumper. 
he came up with an absolute perler, 100%. Uh, like Hudson Young going through on that edge, that was very, very soft. And they grub it down there for Elliot Whitehead. They blew him out in the end. But yeah. let's put it this way, 68% completions, the amount of errors, how poor they were defensively. Flip that again when we talk about they're playing the Roosters next week and a lot of people are already getting up saying Roosters are done, best punches thrown, it's a revenge game. The Raiders, you know, just took it like they already had one eye on next week. Well, I don't agree with all that. And if they play anything like that the first 25, 30 minutes against the Roosters, they'll be down 30 zip. Yeah. So there's no room for that sort of malaise this week. As far as who was good on their side of things, you know, Jack clearly in the second half, along with George Williams getting that intercept, with two guys that definitely made a difference. I think to Pine, we spoke about it back end of the year, is finally starting to realise, I think, how much of a monster he is. And thank God he has, because it took a bit of pressure off Papali, who didn't have to have his best game. And oh, their bench made a huge difference. Their, their bench forwards, when they first came on, when he rolled out, uh, I think it was Harvili at one stage there, and Dunamis Louis, like, they brought the energy when they were a little bit flat there and basically tried to turn the tide a bit. Yeah. So, better effort from a couple of those guys. But yeah, they're going to need to be much better in a lot of areas. Errors from their back five, missed tackles. It was just some real sloppy stuff from Canberra that won't fly this week. So let's hope it was just a bit of a, you know, lack of an attacking mindset heading to a finals game because they can't afford that against the Chooks. They can't, no. it's a, They're going up in class this week. Yeah. For the Sharks, again, first 15 or 20, full credit to them. Lost a lot of players, lots of change throughout the year. It's been a rough year in general. Johnson a couple of weeks ago, multiple different halves combinations. Some of their veterans are on big money, not playing much football. Um, you know, I, I can't really say many guys on the night were that great, but, you know, I think Katoa, his effort, uh, some of their forwards, Rudolph's had a pretty good year, Taylor Kaya, but they had the same problem again. They missed 40-plus tackles. It's not edge defense. It's not just middle. It's just defense full stop individually as a group, how they control rucks, how they work, how they connect on edges. They, they're so poor defensively. That's something that's got to be a huge focal point for them in the offseason. Yeah. And then I guess what we spoke about a million times before, a lot of these contracts aren't of John, uh, John Morris is doing and a couple of them are about to come to an end. I really hope they give him the opportunity to see through uh, with all the kids he's blooded and these guys have brought through. Because I think there's a really good core group. Yeah, you just need to get that money free and get some other quality players in that you actually want and are actually willing to play for your jersey. Because there's a few guys actually stealing a living at the moment at Cronulla. Correct. Storm Eels. Funny game, this one, to start off with. Melbourne go one for six or one for five. Just very, very un-Melbourne-like. First try, just off a drop for Hughes. Brown grabs it. Hughes, again, not having a great game. A couple of poor errors. Munster, a couple of poor errors as well. Like they just Everything seemed really forced. But any time they went left, they had him on toast. They bombed a couple of tries. Out of cars, pass back inside. was horrible. Should have been a try to Kenny. And then when they do that switch play where he jumps to the open side of the field, leaves his wing, Gutherson comes out with a corker piece of play, throws a nice long ball to Jennings who skips across and turns Fergo under and at 12 zip. Didn't think Melbourne were rattled, but you're kind of sitting there just going, like, if they continue to be this frantic and make poor errors and that, like, they'll lose this game of football. Yeah. But they finally got things under control. They steadied it a bit. That left edge was just an absolute walk in the park. Anytime they went there, shell and peace. Kenny Bromwich... More so probably the Munster because he was just feeding him early ball, just had a field day down that edge. Whether yeah. he was running, hitting a line, feeding Olam early, he got Fox on the outside a couple of times. Pappenhausen was popping up down there and sweeping and pushing through. They, if honestly, you don't know, now you know. Wanga Blake cannot defend oh, him. And then that was my second point. Not only did they get him down that side of the field, 
once Sivo went off and they decided to switch the combinations to try to get him to the opposite side of the field to hide him, because Melbourne's right edge is dominant, what do you think Melbourne did? Melbourne flipped the script and attacked the right-hand side of the yeah. field. And they still got him twice with Branko to Lee. And they put that nice shape set up out there again where they're all worried about the back man. And Davey, who generally doesn't play there, forgot about Jesse Bromwich because they were too worried about trying to help out, scored that try. So you can't hide him. And the scarier part, I think, for them is South's left edge is as dangerous, if not better, with their linking of their halves and the speed of their outside backs. So if they don't hold up the middle against South Sydney and he's on the left you know damn well where he's coming. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a little bit of a late reshuffle again and he's on the opposite side of the field, but South's even on the right. That's Campbell Graham's side of the field. They'll find a way to get the football there. Cody Walker is not restricted to one edge. They'll find a way to sweep the football and try and get it Wanga wherever he is. But between Wanga and Moses, you can either split the problem, keep the problem together. Either way, there's a problem. When they're together, it's not great. When they were separate, it but wasn't great. it's been great. a problem all year. 100%. So, yeah. Um, it was always going to be exposed unless you fix it. They've had plenty of time to f- fix it. 11 line breaks, though. Like, they yeah. honestly, almost most, the majority were down that left. Anytime Melbourne I, went there. I, I thought it was Charles as much play. about controlling the tackle and winning the tackle as it was about defensive decisions. Because defensive de- decisions are far easier when you have time to make them, hmm. not when you're having trouble getting off your line and you've got, you know, attacking shape running at you. So, Paramount, it's. Parramatta's one-on-one contact and just winning the tackle was poor, I thought. I thought that caused all their problems. Yeah, I thought Welch, Nelson, pretty good start to the game. And Brandon Smith off the bench, huge impact. Yeah. Massive change when he got on the field. Smith, typical game from him, just good control. Did what he needed to do. But for the most part, like I said, their left edge needed no introduction to Parramatta's right. And Ryan Pappenhausen, what a player. Yeah. Anywhere Ryan Pappenhausen was... Like the tip on from Suley off the kick return, which busts 50 metres upfield, which led to one of the tries. Hitting the hole where he supported Munster and the corker pass uh, when they had that short side where Kenny goes through and gets it and just throws a laser. He's been absolutely fantastic for Melbourne. And I think Bellamy basically summed up their press conference that they weren't the greatest on the night. And if Pappenhausen mm-hmm. doesn't play, they probably don't win the game. But I think for Melbourne, still <clears> some <throat> concerns uh, as far as, you know, just errors. And again, can we win a competition without a halfback, really. Can you win one leaking that many points? Well, that's another concern, yes. But I think, not taking away from Parramatta, first try is a simple error. The second one, it's never ideal when you've got your winger all the way on the wrong side of the field and you're pulled apart shape-wise. They did full credit to Parramatta. They responded outstandingly to shift that ball so quickly and get on the offensive. (laughs) Um, And then the other one, Reid Marnie, good piece of football. Again, they're all up. They didn't really break them down, but he just put a kick in behind because the players were there. So I still think their right edge is a concern again against sides that have dominant left-hand sides, which everyone they're going to play basically does. Um, but Hughes has been really, really good. If you've got really a weakness good. now, you're not hiding it. No. Hughes has been really, really good this year, but I thought he was poor on the weekend. Yeah. And if Munster's out... I don't think Munster was much better. Nah. I thought second half, he may have a try assist or two credited to his name but his overall game and defensively as well he missed five or yeah, six if you're stats, just going to look at the stat sheet that's and, my point and wonder you know, who trying to played well highlight the point that stats don't tell the story they don't because he's defensively was poorly and was probably just as frantic Pappenhausen was the difference Yeah, some of the forwards were good that left side was great Kenny etc and uh, yeah halves need to be better so question is for you I guess would you go to Jacks if that's the option there's Nico Hines who's played six majority of the time coming through coming in what would you do if you have to play Hughes with somebody moving forward? Yeah, you, you... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Go, Jax. Take the solid kicking option, the better defensive option. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. I think Nico would definitely offer more in attack, and he's played that position before, but... No. Go, yeah. Jax. It's the question, I guess, we'll find out in a couple of weeks' time. For Parramatta, losing Sebo early definitely didn't help. The reshuffle didn't change anything. Um, Ferguson was a bit later in the piece. The game was pretty much done and dusted by then, but, you know, a couple of guys were okay. Gutherson tried, as always. Reed Barney, underrated player, come up with couple of good things. Madison was solid, Paulo, but overall it's it's still that whole picture. Their forward pack as a whole is still not as good as what they were at the start of the year. They're not bending teams backwards. They're not getting second phase play. Brown, who's been the biggest focal point that left-hand edge, definitely wasn't 100%. The one time they sort of set a shape up there, they found that trial with Sean Lane and they were nice and square and direct and it's probably the best they looked from a set play all night or just attacking from a set ruck, but I don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around in a week's time or if he's going to be sharp enough next week. Uh, the Wunger thing, surely his confidence is shot. Moses was a non-factor in the game and again, defensively wasn't great. I really think that Parramatta's season is very, very close to being done. Yeah, they get beat either this week or the week after. Oh, realistically, I think it'll only be South or Penrith that progress to the grand final. So, you know, if Parramatta get through, it's almost, it's not going to be a bye, but I think Penrith would be hoping that Parramatta get through, not South. Mm. And South Newcastle, 46-20, similar again. South's their own worst enemy. Early errors and been a bit lackadaisical and fairly poor defensively. Newcastle came out firing. Uh, the first try was an absolute training run and showed again that you can get them on the edges too. At times, yeah. it was a simple rap play and opening up a number and just pulled them apart. And the second try was terrible. There was a lot of structure in this game. Mm. A lot of set play. South loved still that style of getting to a point and attacking from from there. Uh, I think they've got to find that game where Cook's getting out as much as they possibly can while mixing it with their structure. I think one beautiful thing to watch is their halves play together. Not many yeah. teams do it too well, but Cody Walker is just on another level when he's red hot. Cook, probably one of his better games. I don't think he's had a great yeah, year at all. Good. But they rolled. They got second phase. They got quick play of the balls. He was jumping... One of his best games, which is a great confidence builder, I guess, for them. But I also think the weather contributed a lot oh, to 100%. the way that South want to play. They would have and loved unfortunately for footy. South Sydney, there's going to be no more daytime footy this year. So no. that that hurts them. That that really hurts them. I, I would give South a much bigger chance of winning the comp oh. if it was on a dry track. If it was day to afternoon footy the whole way through, it suits the way they They're play. They're as good a side as any. Them and Penrith, I think, have got the best sort of daytime attack. Well, they made a real point, obviously, again, of their left-hand side. They gave Tuala absolute nightmares, but it all started, like you said, again, when you get beaten in the middle, you get tight, you get compressed, it isolates your edges, and it's easier to find space. And I don't think anyone executes those shifts or links their back line together better than South Sydney does when they've got good play of the balls and good momentum. Um, just absolutely pulled them apart, whether it was Cody on that little rap play where they just got the numbers wrong and two or three guys bit in and he walked himself through 
Corey Allen on that short side where Twyla just kind of turns out and he beats him on the inside. A lot of those decisions on the edges, they weren't exactly great. South was slick. Um, it's a great confidence builder, like I said, more so for probably someone like a Damien Cook. Cody's obviously on a new level. Tatala and that pack have certainly suited the new rules. Like I don't think Cameron Murray and a few of these guys have had as good a year as I would have expected, but uh, two good wins in a row and heading into a team that's pretty beaten up. If they can rack up a decent win this week again, heading into a prelim against Penrith, I think there'll be no pressure on them. It'll be a free roll of the dice. Yeah, so that's right. Interesting to see it. No one really expected him to get this far, mate. Mate, no one had him winning the comp. Everyone rode off the super coach, Wayne Bennett, the group, the forward pack, all the players. They weren't playing good football. And then suddenly they rocked up and they put 60 on the Roosters. Mm. Well, Nick. they put 40 past Para. They put 60 past the Roosters. So they've they've proven that they can uh, handle it. Mm. I think what really they can arc it up and spark it up on the sea do with a top fourteen. They can get there. I think for the Knights, it was basically summed up when Adam O'Brien blew up at halftime again, and then Junior Tatola carries too many blocks. Yeah, carries four blokes over the line, reaches out, and grounds it. He squeezed his sponge too early this year, Adam O'Brien. I think. Yeah. If it's at that time when that try gets scored, where Tatola carries four guys under the post, I just crack a beer. There are a few walkie-talkie chucks as well. He can throw a walkie-talkie. It's good. I like that. But I would have cracked a beer at that stage. And I'm said, a big fan. Bubble's broken. We're on. Bubble's broken. Yeah, Tatola's just dragged four guys under the sticks. Bubble's broken. I'm getting it early, guys. I'm, f- I'm fucking on. I'm getting first crack, crack. at Lesky. I'm leaving the box. Yeah. I'm down there. I'm out. And when the camera goes, where did I'm you go? I'm about to arc it up and spark Oof. it up in the dressing room. If they were to flick the camera out of the dressing room at that point with 20 to go, I already would have been sitting on the Esky putting cans in. Oh, yeah. Saying, Bubble's over, fellas. We'll do medicals and mm. exit interviews via fucking Zoom in about a week's time. But for Newcastle, uh, I think hard year with injuries, bit of an adjustment. Most importantly, they got back to the finals. The big thing is how they build from here. There's talk now, obviously, who's the halves partner moving forward. Hooker situation should be more clear if Jaden Braley is healthy. Probably thought they were shorter backer option at the back end of the year. Tyson Vrizel's coming for that spot but overall I think the biggest thing with the younger players in their squad is just more development next year so they get more help off the bench and from the squad in general <clears throat> there were some real positives this year but yeah injury was certainly cruel that's for sure but South Sydney move on from this one before we preview those finals games box I'm going to do season review for Cronulla and Newcastle I told you we could have done Cronulla last week yeah I know that but season reviews... We could have done it last week, mate. Mate, before you get going, we talk about my sharkies. The reviews are brought to you by Move Me In. Oh. Now, Brock, during these COVID times, mate, I've got to ask you, when was the last time you checked your electricity or your gas or any of your... I utilities? do it every month. I've got to be honest. I do it every month. I, We're a bit I don't want those flogs taking any more money off me than what they deserve. Nah, and especially in these sort of times where we find ourselves, you know bit under pressure. Some people have certainly been affected by it. Why would you want to be light in the pockets if you can get some cash back? So put it back in yours and through Move Me In, you can do that. Get on board. You can compare your current electricity or gas bill in less than two minutes and you can change to a better deal without having to speak in a call centre. And let's face it, we all hate fucking call centres. Oh. There's nothing worse. Oh. I'll tell you the worst call centre, my own workplace, when you, we have all these bloody IT passwords for a million different things we use, we've got to ring our own people to reset our passwords constantly Got to get your card out. Half get of them careful, know. mate. Mate, half of them know who, they know who we are and they still ask all these stupid fucking questions and I'm like, yeah. look, just let me into my computer, mate. All right? So, yeah, get on board. 
save yourself some dollars. Check out your gas, check out your electricity. And not only that, if you can get a better deal, and why not have a look to see if you can get a bill on your electricity or gas, they'll share you dinner. You'll get a $45 Domino's pizza voucher and uh, two free coffees. In the fair income department, I love a Domino's pizza. What did you say last week? You said the New Yorkers. The New Yorkers. I love the big New York style ones, mate. Just with uh, cheese pizza, that's all. Or a little bit of ham on it. Give me some pepperoni. Pepperoni. Get that into me. I love it. That's absolute dog meat. Nah. So move me (laughs) in. Jump on our Facebook. The link's there. We'll post it up again. And you get a coffee too, mate. Oh, fuck. I love coffee. Oh, they're two two of them. Top five things I mean, in my repertoire. I get headaches at work sometimes, and guy goes, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "It's caffeine headache." Yeah, I get why. That's when you know you're dependent. My skull is caving in currently. It feels like Thanos is crashing my forehead because I haven't had a coffee. Yeah, when I'm at school, I do a um, during weekdays. I do um, sixteen hour fast, so I fast for sixteen hours and then eat or drink for eight. And by the end of the school day. I'm arcing and sparking. I've got a headache because I haven't had a coffee. Oh, yes. So I usually get home and punch one in straight away. Move me in. Have a look. Our old man, I got him on it yesterday because I think he's just come undone. I had a look as well. And Chris, the man who's He goes for the Titans, man. He's got us on board. Is he good egg? It's obligation free. This is one of those simple ones where... No just one go and have a look. Out of it. Just That's all. Have a look. If, if you like paying extra on your bills or you've never looked, you just keep being stupid and do that. If you want to have a look and see if you can save some cash... Click on the link and have a peek. If you don't like it, don't fucking do it. Yeah, and support a man who's got a lot of mental scars like me, having Titan, to support the Titans, Titans for the last his scar. 13 years. Oh, yes. We've good won times. one final in 13 years. It's a good time. All right, season reviews. Cronulla, done. Eighth, finished. No top eight wins for the season. Didn't get to play out of their own stadium. A bunch of veterans busted, not playing to their value. Before a ball basically even got kicked, the Sherry situation pans out. They're still 300k in a hole because of what Flanagan did in their salary cap and Josh Morris leaves after a couple of rounds. So Josh, Johnny Morris certainly had a shit sandwich dished up to him again. <laughs> but can I say in all honesty, for anyone that's trying to get him flicked or the talk about Flanagan, if they knife this bloke, they're absolutely fucking kidding themselves. Yeah, they are. Dead set. What else do you want? What As a coach, how many other more hurdles? Well, they either just like, don't like him. Matt Moylan basically played a handful of games of football and he's on 800 grand. He didn't sign him. Sean Johnson, again, Everyone's flogging how good his football was. Again, you didn't beat a top eight side. So, you know, I'm all happy for you to rack up tri-assists in games where you're flogging teams that are under you on the ladder. Correct. But when you're a million-dollar player, your time to deliver is against quality opposition. If you didn't beat a top eight side, clearly you didn't deliver when it mattered most. So he's not worth the million dollars he's on, in my opinion. I wouldn't pay him again. And he's also injury-prone. The Achilles, you know, I feel sorry for the bastard. I don't wish that upon anyone. But prior to that, he had hamstrings, groins the year before. He missed some football. Woods is still stealing a living. Fafita's clearly busted, needs to retire. <laughs> the only one who's on a really big deal this year who I thought pulled their weight, and of all people, I didn't expect it, was Josh Dugan, who was trying to get medically retired in the offseason. Yeah. I actually thought he had a pretty good year. Josh Dugan had a great year. But you want to talk about all those contracts combined, you're talking close to $3 bucks on the salary cap that he did not sign off on. None of those moves were his. Yeah. And then on top of that, he goes out and gets Talakai on the cheap. Roy Hunt, who barely played football at Canberra. Rudolph from the Queensland Cup off an ACL. They all play well for him. Tracy, in his glimpses, played some good footy. Trindle played some games. Teague Wilton. Right, he just rolled with what he had to do again. He rolled with the kids. I think Braley developed nicely. Uh, Kennedy played some good games at the back. And all these guys are the lesser-known players. Katoa, Ueli. Like, honestly, 
I, I just look at that and think if he can do that with the younger kids and a couple of senior guys not really pulling their weight, and I think Wade, to a lesser extent, he didn't have a great year, he had some injuries, but he certainly doesn't shirk when he's healthy. He tries hard. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else this man could do in two years, whether they've been beaten week one or not, with the cards he's been dealt. Give him a chance to oversee a restructure when they get rid of all these bad contracts and build a side with the kids that he's worked with. And we've said it again. When you've come through a pathway and you have a connection with a lot of these guys, they'll play for you. And I think a lot of these guys do play good football under him. And they're only going to get better too. Yeah. Like, you early and all those guys already have played good football. Break Bailey's a, <coughs> a great footballer. Mm. Their halves combination moving forward for 18 months' time to me is not Chad Townsend and Sean Johnson. I don't know if it's Trindle and Tracy or someone else that's coming through. I don't know. But I don't think it's going to be those two guys, in all honesty. Yeah. I can if it's going to be one of them, it would be Johnson and it would be on a lot less than a million bucks. Let's put it that way. Yeah, look. That. Every everyone underperformed. They didn't have a lot go their way. They weren't playing at the prison. There were a lot of things that went against them. But if you can't beat a top eight side, realistically they shouldn't have played finals footy. But no one below them was good enough to go past them. So no, I don't know what they can get done this off season. But most importantly, there's only twelve months left on Dugan, Johnson, Moylan, and Wood. So yeah. if they want to move anyone on and they can't get it done this off season. Um, they're certainly going to be motivated, those guys, because if they know they're not going to get re-signed, generally blokes try to find the door. Yeah. So I think they're not too Dugan far Johnson away. Dugan Johnson Woods are all decisions post-grand final win as well. Yep. That have all sort of not worked out. And well, I, I guess that's why he Did Dugan come the year after? Didn't they pick him up yeah, after I the Dragons? Yeah, I think came after they won. Flanagan left him with the Johnson deal just before he yeah. got flicked and said, there you go. And they lost Cole. Yeah, they should have kept Cole and Woods. They picked up a fair bit of freight from the Bulldogs still, because he was you know on like eight hundred, nine hundred there. They're still paying about six hundred. So yeah, um, yeah. I think all those deals, all those young guys looking really, really good. There'll be more development there, and there's more in their pipeline too. There really yeah. is. There's still guys that didn't get to play any cup this year. They signed two of their real promising flag kids, Frank Pelle, a prop, and Jensen Tomopaya, <laughs> who's a center. We played their 18s this year. Um, they had a really good lock. There was a gun winger there who was a New South Wales player. And I think one of the front rowers, they signed up long-term as well. So if there's one thing they've done well, and I've said it a million times before, we'll give Flanagan credit for setting up the pathway, but Morris had a huge part in it and bringing a lot of these groups through, there's junior development. Because prior to that, you never saw many juniors come through the Sharks. No. So I think he deserves an opportunity to take full control. They'll at least have full use of their salary cap this off-season, but... Until those deals are gone and he can hit the market, if he can't pull anyone of note or build a team, say by 2022, with free reign and money, maybe they do choose to go another direction. But I don't understand how, after what Flanagan done and the hole he left him in, if Morris floated the boat for two years, if that actual scenario would play out, how I'd feel if I'm John Morris yeah. or if I was a Sharks fan. I'd, I'd be pretty filthy, to be honest, because Flanagan's the biggest reason you're in this situation. He did win you your first premiership, yes. But he certainly uh, left some fucking some bad blood there, I reckon. Yes. So it'd be very surprising if they went back. It's like a bad ex-girlfriend you get back with a couple of times. It's not good. Just don't do it. Not advised. Don't text her when you're drunk at three in the morning. Don't do it, man. Don't do it, mate. Don't get on the text. It's a fucking bad idea. Stop it. That's right, mate. Newcastle, great start to the year. Pre-COVID, two really good wins, in particular the smash up of the Tigers. Looked like they were... You know, going to be a real force to contend with. There was growth in the forward pack, some good cheap signings in the outside backs, and some younger guys to blood. We saw Tuala, Shibasaki, Lee was actually playing the best football he's played in a long time. 
Brayley was looking like the big key piece there to unlock the halves and help out Pierce. He took a lot of pressure off him, helped out in the ruck, which then let Mann play some of his better football. But as the year went on, that just really, really ran into some wretched luck. Yeah. Brayley doesn't play post-COVID, has the ACL injury. They get McCulloch down in the same game. Watson, who's already had an injury, comes back, then tears his Achilles. McCulloch tears his hamstring off the bone. Uh, he, Mitchell Pierce gets Blake Green. He blows his ACL. He has Man. He has Leno. He has every man and his dog in the halves, in at hooker, all these different combinations. Ponga's form up and down. He had some real good form, but again, similar deal. We talk about a million-dollar player. A lot of his good games are against sides outside the eight. Yeah. Um, I'm still a bit of a verdict out on Caelan Ponga, in all honesty. But at the end of the day... Yeah, his form's been inconsistent, no doubt about it. He's busted now. He's going to have the shoulder, uh, shoulder reconstruction the off-season. You can't have that many changes in your spine and your key positions and expect to do well. Um, the toll grew over the year. I think for a lot of those younger guys and the outside backs and they had some reshuffle in there, it was hard. Bradman Best was a real standout, but obviously his injury crueled him and I thought he tried really hard on the weekend and the few weeks prior getting back early from that injury. So, so there's definitely some positives moving forward, but they need stability. Mm-hmm. Next year, if Braley is healthy, you've got your nine sorted. Watson's off contract. Do they keep him? I think for bench value and utility and cover, I would. Uh, but who's the harsh partner still? Does man go straight back there next year? It seemed to be working at the start of the year. Is another pre-season. I mean, Tex Hoy, instead of being a one, develops into a six. There was talk again that Ponga would try six again and Hoy might go to one. Phoenix Crossland. They really need to figure out who the halves are going to be. And now they're talking about extending Mitchell Pierce. They need to decide whether that's the right option moving forward. And if they're going to do that, yeah. they need to put someone adequate to him. Because too many times this year with all the injuries, it was all on Pierce to control, kick and do everything for the side. And it was pretty straightforward. Wherever Pierce and Ponga are, that's where the footy's going. Yeah. They, they just had too many significant injuries to good players. Uh, but I, I think they reached their potential. Given what they were dished up, especially injury-wise. I thought without injuries, they, they would have pushed for top four. And I, I still believe that. Yep. So a bit more development, like you said, for guys like Tex, Phoenix. They've got another really good young half who's had some injury problems. But if he stays healthy, Nathaniel Sasungi, I've no doubt he'll push. Um, I think they might have swapped him in flag this season first round to play fullback. So I don't know whether they're angling at Ponga, potentially getting an opportunity to go back there. Jaden, if he's healthy and plays like he did, will be great. But I think the bigger area, Frizzell comes over. You've got your edges sort of locked down there. If you've got Fitzgibbon him or you can put Barnett there, move one back to lock. The Safidis were good. Daniel, obviously, injury-wise was hampered, but Jacob certainly came on leaps and bounds. But those few guys, they need a bit of help from either Sami Solo, Jerome, I'm going to play more football. They need probably more help with their interchange forwards, I think. Sami Solo, underrated name. Mm. And they've got a real random Delta. one that they signed, Dom Young from England. Dom Young. Who was supposed to be one of the best young English players. Alex McKinnon signed him from Huddersfield. Huddersfield. He's six foot six. He's a centre. Uh, he's a bit of a monster. So whether he's ready to play straight away... Well, I've not. seen a little bit of him, but it's hard to line up. Yeah, Super League. Especially this year, Super League. Jeez. So, I don't know for next year. Looking at their overall recruitment, Frizzell was basically the only really big piece in. Um, I think it's going to be bigger on development for the younger kids that have come through the system the last few seasons. Yeah. And then, obviously, locking down a solid spine and getting some luck there with injuries. Correct. But, there you go. Done. Both those two teams... Teams. Previews of the games for this weekend, Boxhead. What do we think? First one. Interesting games this weekend. Friday night. 
Every, every game now is a flip of the coin almost, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting hard. Roosters, Raiders, Friday night, 8 o'clock, SCG. Good luck. Um, as far as lineups. Well, how did we go on the tips last week? Pink? We both went four from four, mate. Okay. We tipped the same round, but we tipped all of them. Uh, for the Roosters, Tedesco, Tupo, Josh Morris, Joseph Manu, Brett Morris, Kieran Flanning in the halves, Rhea Hargroves, friends back at nine with Tokiara in the front row, Cordner, Crichton on the edges. Like we said last week, we would have moved Crichton and put Satili back. They did that. I think it was a good idea. Yeah. Lewis at lock. And the bench for now is Lindsay Collins, Satili, Tupanua, who I both think are definites. Orbison and Sonny Villa, 16, 17. I'm not sold that those two are going to be right, in. Who else is in the extended? In the extended squad, Nat Butcher, Daniel Fafita, Ikevali, Lamb. I think there's a high possibility high possibility that Lamb will definitely get a look in because mm. I'd be worried about friend and I'd want to gent someone as at least. I'd be playing Lamb over Orbison. I would too. And then on the flip side of that, would you play Butcher or Sonny Bill given form? I'd play Sonny Bill if he's fit. Yeah, that's my question. I think maybe they're not sold that he's in good enough condition or can do what they want him to oh, do. Apparently so. his neck injury's not great. I don't know if they'd flip both of them, but if he's got any sort of doubt there, and again, from what we saw in those few games that weren't final standard, if you don't think you can use him, I'd rather have Butcher and Lamb. And Orbison, again, I love that he can cover up all those holes, but I think they're multiple enough with a lot of other players that they can adjust in different ways with guys that can play edge, back row, centre. Like Satili's played everywhere from middle to back row to centre this year. Crichton can go out there if he needs to. I think they can adjust in enough ways with the squad they've got that I wouldn't just carry someone purely on the fact of, oh, well, he could play a few positions where I may not need him, but he could cover nine. If I'm going to have someone to cover nine, I'd rather have Liam, yeah. in all honesty. Um, Raiders side of things, I definitely don't think there's any changes to this lineup. Chance Nickel Clogstad. Valame and Kotrick on the wings. Croker, Rapana in the centres. Whiten and Williams, the halves. Papali, Tom Starling, C. Soli on the front row on the back row. Bateman, Whitehead, Tarpany. And the bench, Harvili, Dunamis, Louis, Hudson Young, Corey Harawira and I. It's a pretty handy bench at this point in the year with some of the injuries they had at the start of the year. And then picking up Harawira and Ira, Hudson Young's form. Their extended bench is Tomoko, O'Donnell, Oldfield, Williams. None of those guys are getting a look in. Mm. Um, Honestly, I really like the Raiders bench. I think they get good spark out of those guys. Bit of versatility. They've got coverage for back row, middle. Got a guy there who can obviously play nine who comes out and makes an impact as a nine. As far as the big thing for me, the errors and just being a bit lackadaisical, I highly doubt it this week. But again, if the Raiders come out flat, make poor errors, get involved in the shit like they did the week before for the Warriors game when things get a bit emotional and blokes like Bateman and that, kind of buy into it a little bit too much, I think they could be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, it's a 50-50 game for me. 50-50 games, I'm going with the home side. I'm going with the team who has had the longer turnaround, which is the Roosters. Yeah. But, man, it's an absolute toss of the coin. It's a 50-50 game in my book. In terms of motivation, I think the Raiders have got more motivation than what the Roosters do at this point in time. The Roosters are probably looking at it going... Can we win the comp this year? It's going to be bloody hard. You know, we can get out of the bubble. Well, I think one thing they'll do a lot better than what the Sharks did last week, that left edge, Rapana, George Williams, etc. I think there's some love to be had down that side. Mm. I just don't know whether the Roosters, they, they look like they might be starting to look sideways a little bit for me. Whereas I think the Raiders are probably, you know, wanting to really give it a red-hot crack this year. So if, if the Roosters turn up, they're fit, they're fresh... Uh, and they play well, they win. Mm. Okay, Manu, so 
you know, it's as much on, on what sort of rooster side we see turn up. Yeah. I just think, again, I know everyone's... I'm just trusting that we're going to see a pretty good one turn yeah, up. Yeah, I'm with you. And, I and think if we don't, they get rolled. Simple as that. A lot of people are bringing up the vengeance and they want to get them, they want to bash them and blah, 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 blah. I think on the flip side, no different. The roosters have been copping it the last couple of They don't of want weeks. to go bang, bang out the back they door. They don't want to go out the back door. They're the back-to-back champions. Yeah. And these two have bad blood with each other. And they want to play Melbourne. Don't, 100% don't, they want to they play They want Melbourne. to play Melbourne because there's a lot there's a lot of competition between those two clubs. But there's plenty on the line even in this game. It's the grand final rematch. There's bad blood, 100%. But, you know, Whiten's yeah, yeah, settled no, along course, that he wants to be the six. And they think they can, you know... And I, I probably genuinely think the Roosters went away from the Panthers game thinking, well, on another night, we win that game. Mm. But I think for the Roosters, they're definitely And gonna... what are we saying about the Roosters if they win that game? Oh, we're massive. Okay, right. So I think, I think they've knocked off you the really, everyone really needs to take a step back and look at performance, not result. Well, I know what the media would have done. The media's narrative would have been Penrith aren't any good, the fake form, the 15 in a row yeah. doesn't matter, which is bullshit. I think... Right, so what I'm saying to you is there's one point between yeah. a totally different take on each team. 100% different narrative completely. Well, I mean, not narrative. It's Raiders... a narrative narrative to, to what people peddle, but you can look at it now and break it down quite simply. I just think, yeah, the Raiders definitely probably be fresher, have more energy. I, I, I'm just firmly in the corner that there's three really, really good sides and there's now three sides left that are pretty hot and cold and that have been a little bit below those top three. Well, I think, again, their middle this week, I expect to be the best they've been. They've been flat for a couple of weeks now. Jared, Tokiaho, they definitely need to stand up. Friend, if he's healthy, definitely helps out. You've got a specialist nine there. I don't think they're struggling on the edges, and in particular, Crichton. Crichton's been absolutely outstanding, but that left-hand side, um, I think, is the spot where they'll be trying to get the football. If they can get early ball out at Williams, out at Rapana after last week, and how disconnected that edge was... I think they can find some love. And then on the flip side of the field, um, Croker at times is someone you can get at if you can get a quick play of the ball, get yourself moving. The way Crichton's been playing, and Joey Manu had an absolute Barry Crocker last week, if they get any good football, uh, I definitely think they're both the two spots they're going. And then Tedesco. Tedesco was okay last week, but these games traditionally, in particular against the Raiders in recent times because of the clashes they've had, is where he's played his best football. Everyone needs to step up but all their big veterans last week were generally the guys that let him down yeah. Jared wasn't great Toki wasn't great Manu was rated the best centre got shown up by Crichton I think there's a lot of guys that have things to answer the drums are beaten and anyone who's willing to write off a champion I'm just not buying it and that's no offence to the Raiders but I still think I, I got, I've got nothing but good things to say about the Raiders Yeah, I really like their bench I think the bench could be but I, a real turning point if they can keep themselves and hold into this game and similar deal. If, if they get good football and can get down to their left-hand edge and get it Flanagan and Manu, who come up with rocks and diamonds last week, they could certainly create some trouble on that edge. Mm. Papali to find through the middle, changing the point of attack, busting up the Roosters' defence, which is usually so good at controlling the ruck and slowing down those play balls. If they get going as well, I don't put it past them pulling them apart. But I, yeah. I just don't think this is as clear-cut as people think. A lot of the And the question is, can the Raiders score 25 points? I, I think that's going to be your number. Yep. 24... I think they can compete. 25, I think they can win. So it's, it's as simple as that for me. I, you know, and I'd probably just trust that the Roosters are either going to keep the Raiders to less and probably more likely to score 24. That's all. Yeah. 
going to be a crack again. Yeah, Similar last wait, week, man. looking can't forward wait. to a grand final rematch. And who would I probably rather win? I'd probably rather the Raiders win. Because I just, I, I like seeing things be a little bit different. Like, I'd, I'd like to see someone other than the Roosters win it this year. That's because I'm not a Roosters fan. But I um, I really enjoy the Roosters. I, I, I don't dislike the Roosters either. Well, so. Either way, I think we win because yeah. Storm and Raiders have history. You know, I'd like to like see, I'd like to see Storm Raiders. Storm and Roosters have history. So I think yeah. the, that side of the draw, like we said. I'm, pulling for, is, I'm pulling for Penrith to win it uh, because I, I just, I'd love to see, you know, this young side emerge and... I think it'll change the dynamic of the competition a little bit. Hmm. But I, I don't... Like, you know, if Penrith lose the, lose the prelim, I'm not going to lose a wink of sleep over it. No. And I think the biggest thing I'll give a rap to the Raiders to for here, a lot of people did think after Hodgson was gone that that was lights out. Could they fight enough in the Oh, I was one of them. Starling was one of them. comes in, shows the junior pedigree he had after moving on from Newcastle and has been an absolute... Well, how Newcastle didn't keep him? And, you know, I remember saying to Penrith at the time... This kid can play, and you know the one thing that Penrith have, have struggled for for a long time is to produce a junior nine, and because Coruscant is not a junior nine, um, and we we couldn't really either either a produce one or b really scout one. So mm. it's only this year that really they've found one, haven't they? And, and look how quickly they've shot up the table. It makes a huge difference, but massive yeah, difference for, for them. It's changed the dynamic of the way they play, but with a forward pack that they've got with guys that have got the ability to offload, break tackles and generate some ruck speed and they're outside backs who can also break tackles. Starling's the perfect way forward for this forward pack and the way the halves play now. They're a running team. They play off momentum. Jack's definitely stepped his game up. Papali's been carrying the load into points, starting to help out. And now that bench, getting Bateman back, getting Corey Harrower and Ira, the development of Hudson Young, um, they're going to have more than enough for the Roosters. But the best part about this, there's bad blood. Bad blood usually equals a good game of football. Yeah. So thoroughly looking forward to this one. But we, I'm with you. I'm slightly on the Roosters, but similar to last week, if this is a field goal game, a late try, penalty goal, something like that, it really wouldn't surprise me. But I'll give the Roosters the slight edge. And if we look at betting markets for this one, if it'll load up, the Roosters, no doubt, I think will be the favourite, but I think it should I be... I think it's fairly close. I think it should be closer than what it is. The Roosters are $1.46. Mm. The Raiders are two seventy. Minus six is a line. To me, this is a game that I'm given maybe three and a half max. And even that, I'm not really convinced on. No. I think it's more of a one and a half game or closer to a pick I'd take either team by less than six and a half. If you like the outsider, that's probably what I'd take in this one, to be honest. No, I'm not going to back the outsider. I, I'd just back it to be a close game. You can back either team. Try bet. Have a look at what the try bet is if there's a market on it. There's a hundred million markets there. Try bet or um, go to margin markets. This is good, good podcasting. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Well, there, there is a market for either team to win by less than six and a half. I'll get it up now while we, we keep talking. Yeah. Uh, I think that one probably should be a bit closer for mine. Yeah. But we're both on the Roosters. Second game, Saturday night, Bankwest Stadium, Parramatta. Up against South Sydney, same time, 8 o'clock basically by the time uh, all the TV stuff is done. For the Parramatta Eels, Gutherson at fullback. They've named Jennings on Sevo's wing for now. $3, uh, either team by 6 or less. There you go. I think that's the way I'd go. Yeah. Ferguson for now has been named on that wing, but apparently today they trained with Jennings back on the opposite side of the field, Wunga Blake on the other wing, and Takarangi in the centres today. 
Yeah, so, and I heard George Jennings as well, yeah. Jennings is in Casebo, he's gone, so he's definitely in, but the question George is, Jennings, yeah? Yes, he's yeah. the other winger. Yeah. But if Ferguson's in, obviously they'll probably stay as they were. Well, do they flip the centres again? I don't know. The other option there is they've got Hayes Dunster, who's been really, really good I'd for them. I'd drop Blake. For the final? I've got to be honest. I, well, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure... I, I'm not sure how he just keeps getting the goods. I'll just play Takarangi there. Takarangi, Michael Jennings, and then play Dunster and um, George on the wings. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd have no... At, at some point in time, there needs to be some accountability for shit defence. Yeah, if Ferguson's... For a bu- long period of time. If Ferguson's busted, I'll just play Dunster. I've watched Dunster play his junior well, footy. He's I, solid. Yeah. But again, in a finals game, you can't afford to carry guys in that you think will he last the game. If he's not going to last the game, you can't but pick him. If you're... Um, South, where are you going to attack? Left. I know At Wanga. And even if they swap him to the right, similar to Melbourne, like I said, I, I don't think you can hide him. You're not going to be able to hide him. So I wouldn't hide him. I'd drop if him. If you put him on the opposite side of the field, they showed last week, they can get over there. They've got Sewer. There's Campbell Graham. Cody Walker if you, sweet. Yeah, if you want to get in a shootout with South, good luck. You're going to yeah, lose. Not happening. And for that reason, I want South all yeah. the way. I think, again, the rule changes suited this forward pack. They play fast and up-tempo. Their bench... As the year went on, it's got better. Colin Matungi's been a fine. I think Knight's still been a bit hot and cold. Nichols has really surprised me. Nichols is a bit like a fine wine. He's been gotten better with age. Mm. Probably been one of his better years off the bench, in all honesty. But, um, you know, Cartwright got limited minutes. His contribution, you know, I thought maybe they would have gone with a guy like Sele, but I guess they want to have someone there who's probably got the versatility to play back row, middle, a couple of different spots if they get in trouble. If Parramatta were fully fit and had no injury concerns, I'd be tipping Parramatta, but... Uh, based on the week they had and the week they're going to have had, and if they're going to roll around again with Wunga Blake in the centres and Souths are confident, I'm going to tip Souths. And I think, like you said, I'd... And I'd probably be looking at um, Souths to win 13+, plus. would be my bet. If Fergo's busted, I'm playing playing Dunster. You can put Wunga on the wing. That's one way to try and hide it. Why would you do that? I don't know. I think I'd rather just... Go with the healthiest option. If you're either leaving him in and he's playing centre, or to me he's out of the side. I'm not picking him on the wing. But that's what I'm saying. What? Well, just he's well, clearly yeah. a um, a deficiency, and he's this clearly going to get targeted. Talk about again when people take on contracts and give someone that it doesn't they, matter about what contract you're on. You're trying to win the game. They stick with them for a lot of time for that reason. Yeah, well. which is the wrong idea in my opinion. Brown, bit of pressure this week, I guess week two to see if he can generate a little bit more on that left hand side. Definitely wasn't 100 percent last week and. Um, if Moses again is paired up with Wunga needs to be better defensively needs to offer more of his kicking game and their forward pack needs to step up Campbell Gillard's back end of the year compared to his start hasn't been as good Paulo's been okay Madison since the head knocks hasn't been quite as good Lane was okay Nathan Brown's really the one consistent factor you can find there but he can't do it on his own um, and as far as what they get off the bench Murata got suspended this week they've got Will Smith Andrew Davey who plays more as a back rower Ray Stone and Evans. So uh, you've got a pretty light bench, realistically. Yeah. I'd probably be looking more that if you're going to work that way, um, I'd probably rather carry Oregon and have two solid middles on my bench. Mm. That's just me. Yeah. But I think Seattle's have the upper hand here. Confidence, healthier, don't have as many of those headaches, and they've already got the cap in their feather where they won't rest on it, I guess, but they've towed them up full. Yeah. They pulled them apart left and right side, but particularly left in their last game, you know. They're just riding the wave. I think Bank West will help power. 
Definitely, especially with the crowd. Yeah, that's where South pumped them. So I just hope I'm early on positives. If uh, their fans are there, that if they hang in early or the get fans? an early try, they get on board because they can get pretty volatile if things get ugly. Yeah. So hopefully. I won't be good if they go bang bang back door. We got we know a few far, a para fans in our life. Your yep. wife's a para fan. I work with a fair few guys that are para fans. Are good eggs. Yeah, she's a part time para. I've got my fingers crossed for her that things do go well, but I'm uh, I'm, Who? A, I'm my wife. Serious. She doesn't care. Nah, I'm talking about other people as well. Yeah. We've got a lot of listeners that love the oh, Eagles mate, too. I don't care about what. Well, like she doesn't give me any tissues when the Titans are getting flogged. So she should be getting no sympathy from me. Paramount get flogged. Yeah, she doesn't care anyway. Well, the odds on this one: a dollar forty-eight South Paramount Eels two sixty-five minus six is the line. So lines are similar. Odds only a slight difference, couple of cents there. If you were going to have a bet this week, what would it be? I'd have the Roosters. Raiders game, either team by six or less, three dollars, and I'd be backing um, South Sydney to win thirteen plus. Boom! Because I just think I think that game might be close for a little while, but it'll blow out. Yeah, but that is mean. my humble opinion. Uh, anything else I've got here? South has go. got too many points in him. Yeah, I think. Biggest... What do you think? What bets are you having? I like South, but I like try scorers. I, I made a oh, mo- I made a monster on the weekend. Yeah, of course you did. Jack Whiten in Canberra minus three. Then I had Johnston to get a double, and South to win thirteen plus. And I had Murray try win and Cook try win. So one was six, one was five. So ten on both of those it was. How many of those did you advertise on the podcast? None, because I look afterwards. Yeah, I wait till game day. Something for the fans. I figured something out now. Generally, anything I broadcast or anytime I bet early in the week, I just lose. Yeah. So now, the last five minutes before, and I sit there. You got some problems. And I just go, boom, let's go. Got some problems. And some of the horses you gave me. On I, the I they, um, some of the horses you gave me on the weekend were good too, actually. I gave you. Yeah. I didn't give you any. Oh yeah, okay. You got tips, yeah, especially okay. the Ruffy for the weekend, twelve bucks. Yeah. Locked that one in on a Wednesday and went around in. That was. But very... I, I follow a bloke. They're not my tips. No, no, but still, but I sort of on the tips. I weed out. The ones I like and the ones I dislike. Hmm. Well, the ra- so, usually the best ones and the roughies, and that always put five or ten on most of those. But yeah, yeah, the roughies usually a five dollar bet, but at twelve dollars, it's, it's always nice when you have ten on that and it comes out. Huh? Yeah, doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, mate, it was nice. Well, I hope the fans. I said last week back Penrith. Yeah, just so you, on. your best for this week, you just load up on South, would you? No, my best would be that bet. I just back that the Canberra Roosters game is going to be close. That that's honestly what I what I believe. I think that's the most likely thing. I'm not sure that the South game is going to blow out, but in my opinion, I think it will. And I just think South have got far too many points for Parramatta. Like, Parramatta's... Who's got a better attack, Melbourne or the Rabbitohs? Rabbitohs. Right. Parramatta... we busted them up. That's what I'm saying. That that left-hand side... And they're going to be be weaker. Their left-hand side is as good. So, they can get the duct tape out, they can get the uh, spack fill out, but... Unless they start dropping some players and really address what they're doing wrong defensively, they're going to get the same result. I think the biggest hope for them is if their forward pack's better. South are a lot more prone to errors yeah. and discipline yeah. than Melbourne are. Yeah. So if they drop the football... And but that's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. No, so you know, And that, that's just simple footy. If you can't hold the footy and you've got poor discipline, it doesn't matter who you got on your team. Before we finish up, I know a lot of people, and I've had a, there's been a few inboxes, but... There's no use talking about the Sam Burgess situation. Again, things like this that pop up on the door of finals, I don't want to talk about. We're not interested in talking about The bloke's not playing anymore. 
It's all allegations at this point. I'm not saying I'm not defending the bloke either. Like, well, we said the same thing about the Seabold stuff, yeah. and look, nothing's even no, come of any of that. Come out of it, but plain and simple, if he does get found guilty for the things that have been alleged, and the club has helped or cover up anything, they both yeah. deserve to be absolutely fucking drilled. And in particular, it's and, just... the, and there was the rumours around the Panthers, mm. the things at the Panthers. Again, nothing's come of that. Yeah, it's, it's not footy. It's not current. He's not playing. He's Cut off both his jobs right now. I know there's a lot of texts and affidavits and paperwork and come out, and to be honest, a lot of it doesn't look too great for him, but it's got nothing to do with the football at the moment. It's going to be a long process. It's with the police. Just, yeah, not talking about it. We're worrying about the football. Rugby league podcast. That's what we're worrying about. We're worried about rugby league. We're not going to spend 25 minutes on a bunch of off-field crap. When it comes to light, you know, and things are a lot more clear, we'll talk about it. I'll give you my opinion on it when I know all the facts, and at the moment, I... Haven't read any of the articles. You flicked me one of them. But I just read the first one because I was um, like, wow, there's a lot of bloody... lot to digest, let's yeah. put it that way. But again, it's going to be but a really, long process. It's, yeah, he's in an ugly divorce and yeah. there's kids involved and it's, it's, just, not it's just crap for everyone. Yeah. So The scarier part, again, it's the only part I want to touch on though, is if any of the stuff that's been alleged with some of the proof to do with the club side of things and cover up, that's a scary, scary situation to me. Not scary. Uh, yeah, no, for the club. Is it? If the re- if if, if it's been proven to be true, if some of the stuff that was they'll, they'll get punished. Like, yeah, simple as that. That's pretty hefty. So, but, but at the moment, again, it's all allegations. So we're starting to talk about last it. last little so. bits before we finish up. More to do with the off-field side of things. Uh, bit of talk around the Sawali situation that Souths uh, are basically off you now, and they're going after Addo Car in terms of the Addo Car situation. We're not surprised. We mentioned that a few weeks ago. So the Tigers got a bit of competition on their hands in terms of that situation. Uh, but Melbourne. Well, to be fair, if the Tigers like, if the Tigers wanted to get that deal done, surely yeah. it's done. Offer a player. That's how, how it long works. is it? No, it's not offer well, a player. We're not going to go over that. South have already offered We're a player, mate. Go over We're not, we are going to go over it because they've already what? said. So South has said you're going there. No, but they have no. to offer a player. They can offer the player, it's and not, if they're happy to go. Anyway, move on. So that's, that's a crap. Kind South, of situation. Uh, Tigers should have had it done. But the Sawali thing is, yeah, obviously all the clauses and the bits and pieces he's asked for. It might have pushed him over the edge, so that's looking less unlikely. As to whether that's union today, there was mentioned the Roosters are getting involved now. God knows where that's going to end up, but uh, he's got some fairly high demands. Let's put it that way for a 16 year old. Uh, the other one was the kid. Well, for a kid who hasn't played a two ball. Yeah, the kid, the kid that debuted the other week for Manly, very good player, Josh Schuster. Now that Foran's there, they're trying to sell it to him that Kieran Foran's going to play nine. So their manager's not really buying it. Apparently, if that doesn't pan out to be the case early next season, he wants out. If you're Manly. South. Oh, I'd be going and trying to buy Josh Schuster because he's actually proven at NRL level. Well, he's a 5'8", though. It doesn't matter. He wants to play 5'8". They've got a 5'8". They've got Cody Walker. Yeah, okay. But my point is that you go and buy someone who's young and proven at the position in an, in an NRL system, so, not someone who's played and carved up 16s. No, but for Manly... And put him on an NRL deal. That's got themselves in a bit of a situation there because they're big on the kid. They gave him his debut. Now they've brought four and back and they're trying to sell it that he's going to play nine. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Good luck to Manly with that situation. If that's the way they're going to uh, try and play things out. And the last one is the same thing we've heard about the whole time. And again, I'm only going to finish on this note. Not going to get into it. Whether Smith retires or not, Harry Grant at the Tigers' night getting up on stage and saying, "If Cameron Smith's at Melbourne, he's definitely not going to be there." But he didn't say he was going to be at the Tigers, so I'm sure there'd be some clubs interested. No doubt about it. You'd be keen to have him at the Titans if they had the cash. Absolutely. And I was going to say, same thing we said the other week. People bring up Bulldogs, Tigers, this, that, and the other. If you don't think there's other clubs that are going to be interested that are... I think the Broncos you know, are very, very interested. 
I think Broncos. I think Southeast Queensland, the two Southeast Queensland teams. You guys, now that Cartwright's gone, they're freed yeah. up more money. I, I think I'd be throwing the kitchen they're, sink. They're the two that I think would be favourites. Forget Brandon Smith. I think um, the Tigers have actually eliminated themselves this year by all in sundry, everything that's just is the Tigers at the moment. I'm still hoping that if He's this, had a taste test of it. This and, week's a sign of anything. Cameron Smith's kids are now full-time back on the Gold Coast School, bought a new house. So, well, well, that doesn't mean anything they might be in if his kids um, are enrolled and they're staying I'm hoping that means he's going to retire so I don't want to lose Harry and who, who Yeah. if yeah. we're going to lose one of them I'd rather lose Brandon than lose Harry in all honesty well, I still think watching Brandon on the weekend he goes so good as a middle pretty disrespectful Mate, his best shows. football's at lock yeah, well. that's my opinion he doesn't see it that way that's fine well, again I hate talking about it because no one grader. knows so but, play on Bit of a, I think if if Melbourne win the comp, Cameron was going. No, I'm done. 100. That's why I'm praying we win the comp. That's why I, I think, think we will. But that's I'm, why I'm riding that think, I honestly think that um, that's what they're waiting for. I'm riding that. He'll horse. just wait till the end of the year. I, I think he might even say I'm going to retire and play Origin. I I don't know. That'd be a good way to finish. Freddie Freddie did it. Freddie did it. Came out of retirement and played the last series. Scored a, the, the, the series win try as well. Go back. Play the last three games for Queensland. It's just different this year as well. Like, yeah. it's at the end. He could happily say, like, I've won a comp or I'm happy with where I'm at in my club footy. Yep. I'm going to play three games for Queensland. That'll do me. Done. They move on with Harry Grant. Yeah. They've got 12 months before Bellamy moves out of his job. Yeah. And then it's a whole new chapter for the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one. If he's, I definitely don't think I'd go back to the Tigers, though. If no, you no, said no, to me no, tomorrow, no, no, the, no. The, the three options at the moment... Harry's had his little taste. The Gold Coast, stuff. the Titans, or the Bulldogs. I'm going to the Titans. Absolutely. And he's from up Queensland, so I'm sure there'll be more that emerge. Well, I think, yeah. But of, of the three Bruce, Brisbane are, ones, a, I think Brisbane are a bigger chance as what the Titans are. I just think he wants to go back to Queensland. Yeah, for salary cap reasons, I think they could make some moves, definitely. Of course they could. They've already basically come out today, or there's been murmurs already that Lodge is on the out, which I already have a link for that one, because he was already linked there before, the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Sullivan's his father-in-law. He's married to his daughter. Young Sean's off contract. Really wouldn't surprise me if that they did try and push him out, that the Warriors were happy to oblige and take him under the books. If anything, I think that'd be a win for Brisbane, given the contract and the rule changes. I don't think he's worth probably what he was pre the rule changes and another injury this year. Mm. But, you know, that's another one. Brisbane, I think, are definitely going to try and shake things up this off-season, but see how things play out. But for now, two cracker prelims this weekend. We've got the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers waiting. I think the way the draw looked, Melbourne will be the first game next week. They're the Friday night game. Yeah, Penrith is Saturday night, so definitely. We're going to get a cracker matchup no matter what. We've got the grand final rematch, and then you've got Melbourne, who have got beef with the Roosters and the Storm for the last few years. Played some absolute pearler games, so we're going to be treated. And the Saturday night game, you've got the Penrith Panthers minus Viliami Kikiao awaiting either Souths or Parramatta. Can Parramatta dig something out to get there and have a battle of the West in the preliminary final? You can only imagine what that crowd will be like at ANZ. Yeah. Or are we going to see South Sydney roll on? And they certainly know how to roll a crowd up. I think you're going to see a crazy crowd anyway. Oh, it's going to be huge. And then, you know, grand final the week after and three weeks of origin. So plenty of good football ahead. But for now, two cracker games this weekend. Roosters, Raiders, grand final rematch and South Para. Can South bounce back? Can the Rabbitohs train roll on? Will they belt them again by 38? Will it be a close game? Who knows? But they're certainly in red-hot form and they're a true dark horse at this point in time. But for now, the only thing left for you to do is enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.